The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's eight minutes after eight and time now for the Forum at Eight. Now, South Africa's middle class are said to be feeling short change as debt continues to mount. Spending has increased and so too have taxes. And while the middle class income is declining, many goods and services continue to increase in price, such as education, housing, childcare, healthcare, etc. And these include, amongst others, a recent double-digit increase in the electricity tariffs. Now, the middle class squeeze is described as a situation whereby increases in wages fail to keep up with inflation, while at the same time, the phenomenon fails to have a similar impact on top wage earners. So on the Forum at 8 this morning, we are asking, what is the role of the middle class in a developmental state like South Africa. And joining us for the conversation this morning, we have Dr. Peter Karungu, uh, a lecturer at uh, Wits University and an economics consultant. He's in our Joburg studio. Thanks for coming through this morning. Thank you very much for having me. And we also have with us uh, Johan van Tonder, who is an economist and researcher on financial wellness at Momentum. Thanks for your time as well, uh, Mr. van Tonder. Thank you and good morning to your listeners. Now, uh, uh, Dr. Karungu, let me start with you. I think uh, uh, there's a nice um, email here, uh, or a tweet, I should say, rather, from one of our listeners, Mangaliso Ngobo, and it's perhaps a good place to start this conversation. He says, anyone who gives you a definition of the middle class usually leaves you more confused than you were before. So uh, I'm hoping that the panel will assist with this this morning. So perhaps just defining the middle class is a good place to start. Yeah, that's a good one. You see, middle class is defined relative to countries' economic capabilities. So it is not a uniform definition. However, across the board, what we believe is a middle class is within the context of a country is he who or she who can afford to afford the basic necessities without a lot of stress, which basically means he can afford good food, good health, good shelter. In some countries like Sweden or countries like United States and Canada, they also say that a middle-class person can afford a holiday once in a while. But one critical definition is that he who is defined middle-class is often a net taxpayer. In other words, you earn enough to be able to pay within the confinement of the country's regulation some taxes. In other words, you cannot be at, uh, in, in middle class and you are living on what we call social grant or subsidies. But more important, in South African context, if I come home, is that we have different classification of middle class based on income, depends on who you talk to. Hmm. But I'll come to that in a few minutes. Well, well, and I think um, that's uh, rather important. And maybe, um, you know, Johan van Toda can elaborate on that. Because in South Africa, if we talk about the middle class in South Africa, who are we referring to? Given that we've seen, you know, some studies being conducted. And, uh, you know, um, if you uh, earn between 1520 and 4560 per month, as Gary Kerr sent to me right now, um, apparently you are actual middle as opposed to relatively affluent middle and so on and so forth. So uh, clearly, you know, um, there are, as uh, Dr. Karungu was pointing out, various strata. But in South Africa, how would we define this middle class? Yeah, if, I think oh. the doctors already mentioned it's very difficult to do it in South Africa with such uh, unequal distribution of income. But 
if we just can go back to say for instance what is the real metal in other words if we exclude the bottom 33% and the top 33% in terms of income then that definition that your listener sent in is almost right in the center because it's about something like if you earn between 1,500 rand a month and uh, 4,000 rand a month. But clearly that can't be um, a good definition of, of middle class because those people, as the doctor mentioned, they, they're not taxpayers or personal income taxpayers rather and they can't really afford all the necessities in a country. And as you rightly mentioned in the beginning, they don't have access to um, top-class healthcare, top-class education, and not even being able to afford like higher education. And that's one of the challenges of this country, is, is to provide the higher education. So in, in South Africa's uh, position, or where we are, we can't go the route of the actual middle because it, it, it is not a good definition of the middle class. And I would like to agree with the doctor there that they must at least be an income taxpayer. And, and that's sort of a, a good starting point of what the middle class um, would be in South Africa. Now, when we look at that, and um, I, I'm, I'm not even, you know, um, assuming that everybody now understands. As we always say, it's very confusing when you're trying to define the middle class. Uh, but we're going to park that there for a moment. Now, what is the role of the middle class, especially in a developmental state like South Africa? Uh, first and foremost, it's good to throw away the numbers a little bit. Look, in South Africa, we argue that... And these are serious statistics. About 30% of our household, because it's easier to say, because middle class defines lifestyle, defines capability. So we are also saying the best way to define it is to look in the context of a household because a child should live within the middle class. So we argue that the best way to look at them is to say a household, in South Africa, a household is normally within four members of the household. And we have household in South Africa, probably 14 million across the board. We're saying of a four million of those households do with less than 1,570. So statistics should be made clearly on average. We are also saying, by definition, with the, whichever way we go about it, is that we have something called actual middle class between 1,500 to about 5,000 rands per month per household, and then affluent, which is above 5,600 to about 40,000 per household. Mm -hmm. About 40,000, we call it very affluent. Now, let's understand that. Then we say, if it were the case, first of all, we have of a probably, like I said, 4 million household earning very little. Then we have what we call affluent. Their income is also very bad. Why so? Because, and this is true, South Africa has the most highest inequality system in the world. I repeat. We say, if you take income in the country 
and you say it is perfectly distributed, all of us are earning more relatively the same, then we measure by how much does it deviate from perfect distribution to whatever. By definition, South Africa is worse off today by that definition than it was 1993. In other words, our Gini coefficient has taken the worst in the world. It used to be Brazil, but the last 15 years, the Brazilian system has come very hard, has brought their, that definition from 0.61 to about 0.53. Listen to this. Zero is the best. Zero means mm -hmm. we are now, all of us are smiling, nobody. If it approaches one, is the worst. South Africa, we are heading towards one, unfortunately. And these figures need to be understood by each one of us. The question is then, what happened? A, even if we have seen the growth of the economy over the last 20 years, given the backlog of inequality and education levels and the capabilities and the opportunities in the rural areas, we have created a super-rich movement of the few and the very few down there. But because the lifestyle will always be defined in the context of capability, then it creates that wedge. Now, the role of the household in many countries, South Africa inclusive is A. They are the people who spend a lot. And remember, consumption and spending is critical to economic growth. B. They are the people who are very educated, relatively speaking, who are literally the drivers of the thinking within the country, and therefore they are the leaders in investment, and therefore they should be the one who save a lot. Remember, investment is a derivative of savings. Mm. So if they don't have money to save, that we find that the economies will not be able to kick as fast as it should be. And no wonder the economy in South Africa, instead of growing, literally speaking, we are seeing it either stagnating or we are seeing it not moving at all because if the middle class don't have enough and if they are burdened by paying this bill after bill, petrol, petrol price have gone up, ESCOM has gone up, you mention it. There will mm. be very little left for them even to spend to expand the economy or even to save to create investment opportunities or even to go to buy stock market. They can't do that. And to me, this is something very, very fundamental. Listen to this. It's in the interest of all the super rich, all of us, to understand that in the absence of the middle class, in the next 50, 30 years, we may not be talking the same language. Mm. Um, that certainly is very worrying. But uh, Johan van Donner, if you think about it and, and, and what Dr. Karunga was just saying now, um, you know, there almost seems to be this burden um, if you are now uh, labeled, if you now somehow identify as a middle class in South Africa to actually go out and borrow to get into debt because you have an image, a reputation to uphold. Yeah, this is unfortunately what's been happening and I think the doctors nailed it. Um, what we've been doing is uh, we try to narrow down, if I can call it this way, the, the middle class and the middle class role. But for that purpose, we needed a sort of a definition um, in terms of income, although it's not 100% correct. So what we tried to do was to say that everybody earning between, say, 10,000 rand a month and 30,000 rand a month. Uh, focusing on them as the middle class and see what the, all the elements that are uh, sort of similar in that uh, specific group. And 
we looked at stuff or, or your normal demographics, such as your education status and your health status, as well as your employment status, um, and see where the similarities are. And, and if you look at those three demographic variables, then the 10 to 30,000 uh, month group so is, is, is um, more or less their characteristics are the same in terms of education, uh, employment, uh, and etc. So the question is, now, if we have them as a group, are they struggling more, or did life get better, say, over the past five years? And if we look at the objectives of, of uh, what the developmental state is and the role they play there, now, yes, they must spend, they must be able to pay taxes, and then they are borrowing indeed. And according to our estimates, uh, they make up around about 10% of the individuals of this country, between 9 and 10% of the individuals. But they are borrowing between 40 and 50% of all the debt in this country. And they're paying about 45% of the interest on the debt of total interest in this country. So, yes, they reverted to borrowing because of the um, all the pressures uh, on their spending, but there's also other reasons why they borrowed. Exactly as you said, they needed to be and act like the middle class, and then they can't afford such debt, and that's why we have such a big number of people over-indebted in, in this economy in terms mm -hmm. of both, um, both the amount of debt as well as the number of accounts that's uh, in arrears. So on the one hand, it is economic uh, conditions that force them, but on the other hand, in tough times like this, everybody needed to scale down on the quality of life, including the uh, upper class, if I can call it, and, and I exclude the rich here, um, but say the, the upper class. So there's, um, there's two sides of the coin, which cost increases as well as uh, maintaining some sort of uh, lifestyle, on the other hand, that, uh, that caused them to take up so much debt uh, over the say, mm. past four years or so. Well, um, we are asking the question this morning, what is the role of the middle class in a developmental state like South Africa? I mean, how are you coping financially and socially, of course? Uh, do you feel the sort of pressures, you know, to drive a certain car, to live in a certain suburb, um, you know, to wear a certain brand of clothing because you are now assumed middle class? And how does uh, the middle class then, uh, you know, look at their financial future? Are they worried about their children's future? Are they worried about education? Um, and do they indeed have a reason to worry at this point? Our guests this morning are Johan van Tonder and uh, Dr. Peter Karungu. And uh, we have opened the lines 0891-104-208. So you can call us and tell us uh, what you think about all of this. But I want to read some of the messages. Uh, Norman Moyo says, We live in a world of materialism and the search for significance and therefore definition of middle class is flawed, particularly in South Africa. Zubair Sayed says, with our huge inequality in South Africa, most people who think
think of themselves as middle class are actually part of the elite. And a few others also, Togazani Mkize says, for me, the middle class are those who earn enough to afford debt that they will spend their whole lives paying. And um, then uh, there's another one here from uh, Macheo number one says, um, simply put, the middle class is there to consume and to make the rich richer and be drowning in debt to drive the economy. And, and, and I think, um, you know, many of us can actually relate to this. There are so many sayings that go around with regard to the middle class. You know how they say you are, uh, there are so many uh, people in the middle class who are just two paychecks away from poverty. And, you know, if that is who you are, if you find yourself in that sort of situation, um, you know, what sort of middle class is that? Because as 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 Macheo says, does it mean the middle class is simply there to consume? I, I think that's a very good point. Everybody is raising a good point. Now I must confess, and I hope there are many students from University of Itwatersrand who are listening to me give the same thing I give in lectures year after year. And I'll start with the basics. The basics are simple. We got to think about today and tomorrow. And in economics, we teach something called intertemporal consumption habit. How do you spend today relative to what you will spend tomorrow? The middle class in South Africa, unfortunately, like people said, is overwhelmed with lifestyle. It is often seen as conspicuous spenders. They spend for what we call consumption and for sure. And I want to change that myth. The following the fact. If you think about today and tomorrow, I will think within a year period. What happens? Two people are earning a salary of 5,000. They are middle class. Both of them come January 1st. One of them goes and takes out of 1,000, put 400 into an investment X at 10%. He doesn't borrow. He lives on his 5,000 per month. And the other person also has 5,000, come 1st of January, he borrows 400 rands from 1,000 at an interest of also 10%. Let's think. Now, what happens? Within a year, come down the line, the one who borrowed will be able to earn the same before the salary change, 5,000 minus what he pays interest on that. So effectively, He'll be worse off from 5,000. Probably he'll be earning now 4,600. And the other one will be taking home salary of 5,000 plus the interest he earned on what he invested. That's mm. what we call intertemporal relationship. Now, listen to this. In economics, we say today is here anyway. The future is what we worry about. And the future has three characteristics. A, very uncertain. In other words, we don't know how uncertain it will be. Mm. Two, we talk about inflation. We don't experience deflation. Over time, the prices of goods goes even higher. Number four, number three, it is so uncertain that your health condition may be what you are today. Given those three, the driving force of middle class, should you borrow money at all for consumption? No. You only borrow money for investment. In other words, when you buy a house. Mm. And the student out there, thousands of my students, and I know they, they're hearing this. I'm the only one who says, when I walk to Vets University, 
I rode a bicycle for one year almost because I couldn't afford a car with a salary and I don't believe in borrowing a car. I wore second-hand clothes for more than three years because I couldn't afford to buy clothes. I can't borrow money to buy clothes. But today, fortunately or unfortunately, I have a team of people we work with of a hundred. For company I built from nothing to the millions that they make. Okay, pause there. It's getting very interesting. 22 minutes before nine, talking about the middle class this morning. And I tell you the stories that Dr. Karunga is telling me off air. Um, it really is uh, like one of you were saying, uh, feels like you sitting in a lecture this morning, uh, talking about middle class and all the issues that we are faced with. But of course, um, you know, uh, we, fa- we uh, the middle class finds itself in a very precarious situation in that it seems as though the cost of living has gone up, you know, substantially. And people are struggling uh, to basically just keep their heads above water. Um, as Ike Patla was saying, coming up after this on Morning Talk, they're going to talk about um, the debt levels, how South Africans are actually over-indebted. But how did we get there? How do you find yourself in uh, this position where you are literally drowning in debt, where you are literally living from paycheck to paycheck? And if that paycheck were taken away, your life would literally crumble. So let's talk about it. 0891-104-208. What is the role of the middle class in a developmental state like South Africa? And of course, also, we want to know um, when it comes to the economy, how exactly um, uh, the middle class is uh, basically contributing to the South African economy. Uh, uh, we spoke about consumerism, and many of you are pointing that out, that it seems as though uh, the middle class is there to spend, spend, consume, consume and never really acquire anything in the end because all they are doing is enriching everybody else. So, um, Johan van Tonder, before I go to the calls? Yeah, no, I think you're 100% correct. Uh, the middle class, if, if we go the route, as I mentioned earlier, the 10000 a month is 30000 rand a month. They are spending and they are consuming and they are borrowing. But we shouldn't lose out of sight the fact that prices have increased. But the second one is most of the middle class, a very, very large portion of them, when they borrow money, they actually borrow money at what we call the maximum interest rate. In other words, it's not the prime interest rate of, of say, 9.5% that they borrow, but they borrow at rate of 30% a year or so. And that increases then the installment, as the doctor pointed out, which reduces the rest of the funds that they do have available in order to spend. So you should be very, very careful when you borrow and you look at the rate you're going to borrow because that will affect your disposable income. And once your disposable income goes down because interest rates are going up, and here I should point out that the way the maximum rate formula works is that, say, interest rates or the prime interest rates go up by 50 basis points. If you borrow at the maximum interest rate, your interest rate will actually go up by 1.1 percentage point. So, in other words, your interest that you will pay if you borrow at that rate will be more than double that of the normal person. In, in terms of the, the increase in the interest. And that 
actually aggravates the situation of, of the person who borrowed because now other things come into play. Uh, we saw last year the Reserve Bank increase interest rates twice by 75 basis points. Um, and that contributed now for, for those people who borrowed at the maximum rate that the disposable income, in other words, the income they have available for purchases such as your food, clothing, etc., that's gone down. And because they don't have sufficient funds then available, they again revert to borrowing. Mm. And that, that puts into place a spiral and aggravates their financial situation. So the second part that the doctor alluded to, namely the savings, now that comes under pressure. So uh, suddenly they won't be able to save sufficiently for, for instance, retirement. So if you can give you a good, uh, quick example, if you want to know, as a rule of thumb, how much you're going to have at uh, retirement, say you start saving at the age of 30 and you save 15% of your salary, and within 30 years you're going to retire, and say you live up to an age of 90, in other words, intervals of 30 years. So if you save 15% when you start at 30 years, at 60 when you retire, and you did not have uh, growth on your savings that's higher than inflation, the amount you will have is only 15% of your salary at that specific point. Mm-hmm. And that will not be uh, sufficient then if you borrow and interest rates increase and you don't have enough growth on your savings. So your middle class will be in a very delicate position, if I can put it that way, when they retire because they did not think about retirement when they went to to borrow money okay. in, order with, in other words, to consume. So, so, so as the middle class, uh, uh, do you actually save? Do you have a savings account into which you put money every month? Uh, do you think that you are sufficiently covered for retirement at this point? And also, you know, um, the professor was talking about things like weddings and funerals and all the number of things that we yeah. spend so lavishly on. Do we really need those things? Is anything going to happen to you if you do not carry that? Louis Vuitton bag. I want to know. Call us. Tell us what your view is on this. Tabiso and Pulukwane, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and how are you? Well, and you? I'm, I'm very fine. What a good topic. I think, Sakina, some other people say that uh, we, we live in a country which, uh, uh, which is a developing country, but it has uh, you uh, developed uh, country's problems in such a way that the, the lifestyle that we want to maintain as South Africans is it's of developed countries. And that in itself, for us to end up saying, you know, we want those Louis Vuitton, all these expensive cars and all of that, is to try to maintain or live the life that uh, that majority of our countries in the continent can even be able to live. But as a lifestyle can be lived, you can even live it in Europe and mm. other uh, developed countries. And secondly, you'd, you'd remember what the former president once said about the situation in South Africa, Congress, He spoke about that we're also living in a country with two 
serious nations and they, the level of inequalities wherein you find other nations being so poor and the other one being so so rich and white, predominantly white. So now, if you want to bridge the two, you are just going to have a situation wherein the majority of our fellows, particularly us at that particular level of the so-called middle, uh, middle class, okay. you want to bridge that particular gap by using the uh, by by using that, which is not sustainable, though. Actually. Oh, we lost you there, uh, Tabison Bulukwane, but I think we got the gist of it. Let's go to Pretoria. Steve, good morning. Hello. Hi, Steve. Hi, good morning. Uh, you know, two things. I think the first is, have we conceptualized in South Africa today? Are we able to conceptualize post-apartheid South Africa's class structure as a whole? I'm not only talking about middle class. You know, because we can define middle class if we can be able to define other classes. And I'm finding it difficult that we are unable to even, you know, define the working class. You know, we probably have to end up with a label, the underclasses, you know, because we are certainly not specific about, you know, our our post-apartheid class structure. And I think the second seems to be answering your question. And this is the analogy that the Vets Academy gives, uh, you know, talking about what he had done. So the role of the middle class becomes, you know, to invest so that they can be able to create jobs. But then, you know, we are decontextualizing all these discussions because part of what we have to look at is that in post-colonial Africa, the middle class was created out of having access to the state and state resources. And this has been the case throughout Africa and including South Africa. And I think it is in that context that we have to understand, you know, how the core of the middle class actually emerges. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Steve. Let's go to Julie and Hout Bay. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Hi. Um, my question is um, to the panel is, is how important is cash flow, for example, to, um, you know, to the middle class where... Every last cent is going towards, um, I think, more realistically, probably keeping our families warm and dry and fed. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I was listening to radio yesterday with the CEO of Standing CEO of ESCOM is that all the money that uh, we tariffs, our tariffs go towards um, ESCOM um, has been spent on diesel to try and keep the load shedding at bay. Mm-hmm. Now, if we unify around the, the energy crisis as a country and accept that load shedding is a reality over, say, six months, um, then would the tariffs perhaps not be, you know, not needing to increase um, just to sustain our energy needs, um, which is really just to keep the factories open and 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 the guy at the at the bottom of the way has to increase his tariffs and then have to pay more out of his cash flow um, just to keep the load shedding up. So if we as a as a country accept there's going to be load shedding on stage one for the next six months, allow ESCOM to catch up with itself, um, save some money, put some money in the bank, um, and then mm. at the end of the day we then um, you know we then benefit from a lower tariff. It's that kind of a unifying approach as to rather than all of us are individuals all struggling along in our in our own ways, but okay. there are such big there's such big problems out there like the energy crisis where we can actually unify the country, save money together as a country, and then 
um, decrease the, the impact on our on our cash flow at the end of the day. All right. Thanks so much, Julian Outbay. Tando in East London. I want to agree with the uh, fellow from, from Pretoria. We know apartheid has reduced us black people to to civil servant uh, class uh, because, and of course, no wonder that there needs to be black industrialists. But having said that, uh, I would I would actually pose the question differently to say because middle class is supposed to be the bedrock of of uh, of any economy. Now in South Africa, it is not. Instead. It is like it's reeling, as everybody agrees. The question should be: uh, Should should how do we keep the middle? How do we grow the middle class so that we can grow the economy into a first-class economy? That should be the question for me because you will find that the middle class is not the same. The black, white, colored middle class, and Indian middle class, they, they, those are, there are differences there. And if you and if you look closely, and if you hear things that are disturbing with banks and everything, you hear that in some banks they don't offer, or some financial things they don't offer same to black people. There are some things that are hidden, you know, that are not are not offered for, to black people, uh, and that is disturbing because that means now the white middle class, which has got a, 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 a years in, in existence. Is actually feeding now on, you know, it's uh, comfortable in, in actually taxing the black middle class. The black middle class is trying to play catch up, and the catch up is, is, is eluding them. Okay. And what what means, you know, for instance, if, if if say like banks like African Bank and things, we need black need their own banks, banks that are going to favor them. Now I've just seen a Bank of India, just seen a Bank of Muslim Bank. You know, I know what that means. It means that they're going to take care of their own because the banks, as it is, they still are actually operating the same way of of, of taxing black people. I mean, when they buy houses, mm-hmm. okay. the, 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 the interest no. rate is crazy, and it's not offered the same. We Go got you, Tad. Talk to people who work with banks. Got you, and we'll get a response to that. Thanks so much. Uh, Solomon in Pretoria. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Morning. Uh, good morning to the doctor. Uh, my my worry in, in, in this middle class matter is uh, the question of when is the state bank coming uh, to alleviate many issues uh, relating to issues of savings and 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 uh, how to enable a black middle class to 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 to, to save more than um, uh, borrowing more uh, and and the second part is 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 the role at which uh, we all play as members of the community uh, to 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 educate uh, mainly the middle class, especially the youth middle class, in terms of how best can they save to ensure that when 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 probably you lose a job, you can still be able to 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 live uh, for a longer period without a job. Okay, thank you so much, Solomon in Pretoria. Let's take a last call from Jeffrey in Vidbang. Good morning. Um, my name is uh, Let me just say to the to the point. 
I think for the benefit of some other listeners, because eh, now I think uh, we are talking about the middle class, then it should be, there should be uh, the low class as well and the high class. In this case, I think the high class, which is the capitalist, uh, 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 so to say, they are the one that explode in the, the middle class. But for example, Sakina, mm. so many workers now, they are over-indebted. And when they are over-indebted, what they do, they take their last money, which has been saved for them to leave them, to sustain them when they are on pensions. They, they resign from one job to another and so that they can solve that money to pay those debts, and which is not even sufficient. I, I, I think the, the government, they must come with a stringent law because now there are so many uh, loan sharks that are booming over the, the corners of the towns, which are not regulated because they are touching the exorbitant uh, uh, interest rate at the end of the day, which is why there are so many people that are now suffering. Okay, thank, thank you so much, Jeffrey and Vidbang. Let me read through some of your messages uh, very quickly. Henka Kutsia uh, says, uh, since the earliest polling, very few South Africans have been willing to call themselves either upper or lower class. Most of the country sees themselves as middle class or working class, though preference between uh, those two terms shifts frequently. The middle class will only work and be declared as working class. Uh, Zippo uh, Shusha says, uh, living fake lives uh, that they d- can't afford and be slaves to financial institutions. That's what the middle class is about. Uh, Nchimane Sikobela says they developed the economy by means of debt. Uh, Matsimela Honki says, what constitutes the middle class? Uh, Craig R. Williams, middle class is what keeps the economy going, yet we get screwed over the most. Fuel price hikes, food price hikes, taxes, etc. And Ndabiningi says it's to enrich themselves even further. That's uh, the role of the middle class. Uh, some of the SMSs, the people are individuals that cannot be labeled according to academic theory. Um, Aaron Lithohanala, uh, Aaron in Kimberley says, uh, African middle class are simply not middle class as they have parents and siblings to look after. Therefore, their disposable income shrinks. That black tax that uh, quite a few of you have alluded to. Anthony says uh, the middle class, uh, their role is to create jobs. Uh, someone here, unsigned SMS, uh, says class distinction is an apartheid mentality. How dare you label people according to a label? Um, and then Margaret says, uh, middle class consumes services, not just commodities, example, insurance, security, schooling, etc. And in the South African context, what is the difference between the peasants, the working class, the middle class, the elite, etc.? Ask uh, Luandiso in Umtata. And this one very simply says, there is no such thing as the middle class. Dr. Karunga? Thank you very much. I listened to all the questions asked, and I'll do a brief 10 minutes. 10 minutes? One minute. Okay. But give me one minute. <laughs> Let me start by give you two. the question that was asked, and the question was, how do we manage with cash flow? First and foremost, each one of us have to think about ourselves as business people. A family is a business unit. A family has to think about what is it doing today, what are the resources available? How much can they spend? How much can they save? And when can they go bankrupt? That's the way we need to think. Once we understand that, we can manage our cash flow. Number two, we need to understand that when we go to borrow money, we borrow with one mission, one mission only. One, either for investment or either for our children for education because we want to be better tomorrow, not today. Number two, we need to be able to understand that when we go to borrow, we negotiate interest rate. Interest rate is somebody selling money. 
we are being exploited tremendously by institution because we go there without power of negotiating. Mm-hmm. I repeat, you can get the slow interest rate as below prime. As much as you can, please negotiate that. Number but because three, of financial illiteracy, people don't know agreed, that. Agreed. So but now that's there. what I'm trying to teach now. Mm-hmm. Number three, each one of us needs to ask three questions. What is short? What the needs today? What are the needs in the medium term? And what are the needs in the long term? In other words, if you are young, you know what you need today and you need what it takes to live better in 60 years. Number four, we need to think about what we call passive investment relative to what we call conspicuous. What is passive? How much are you having in savings? How much are you having in stock exchange? How much are you having in pension fund? Those are the questions we need to do. Number four, we need to run away from showing in funerals, spending a fortune for my mother when I cannot educate the name, the child named after my mother. I always have a problem with that. Number five, do we have to spend a fortune for weddings? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves. But we also need to look at each one of us and ask, is there any way we can invest with others? Let me finish by saying something. My mother at 90, or before she was 90, she never went to school. She was the most educated woman I've ever met, even though she could not write her name. She told me three words. My son, in life, no man is rich when he owes a penny. That's true. Then mm. she told me, my son, they are borrowers and they are ladders. I leave you to be nothing less than a ladder. And all I right. have to live like that. Thank you very much. Jan van Tonden? Yeah, I think it's all been clear. But it's, uh, I, I think I've picked up a lot of uh, confusion out there about uh, the middle class as well and affluent and... Uh, the lower class, the upper class, the underclass, all those classes. But um, maybe we can just uh, provide some information uh, from the research we've done. There's about only 5% of the individuals in this country. And this comes down to about, say, 2 million people in this country. And more than 30,000 rand a month. That's now of all the... Uh, 15 years and older population in this country. So it's a very small portion of the individuals in this country that earn more than 30,000. And with 30,000, nowadays, you can't do a lot. Mm. Uh, in terms of purchasing, if you look at house prices, you look at car prices, you look at the cost of living, the normal cost of living. So the bulk of this country is actually living under stress, financial stress. And they can't really um, afford buying luxury houses and luxury cars, etc. They're just uh, getting by. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, that's all we have time for this morning. I think uh, Mel- uh, Pelki uh, Makahane sums it up nicely, saying financial literacy is the key for the middle class because clearly we need to learn about savings and you know uh, working with our money better than we are currently doing well that's all we have time for this morning thanks for your fantastic participation to our guest this morning Johan van Tonder from Momentum and Dr. Peter Karungu from Wits University and of course to the production team it's just after nine time for news with Zikona Miso